0: the slanted hallway and do we have any new stories no no we don't and why not because those fools down in the riders lean to are demanding more money and a proper roof over their heads whatever that's supposed to mean union labor my eye they hardly labor at all and sure i gave one of them a pickaxe and told them to dig his own grave but did he really have to quit like that no matter. I think I know how to break this strike down. It's a simple strategy, but one that is very effective. For this evening's broadcast, I'll be rebroadcasting the best things they ever wrote and collecting a fat check from the advertisers, and they'll get nothing. I can't imagine the strike will last too long once they see me cruising past the picket line in the brand new super fancy sports car with flames on the side. Now, dear listener, for your listening pleasure, and for my wallet's content, please enjoy the very best of the slandered hallway.
1: First gear, second gear, third gear, fourth, my car standard. That's four on the floor. You know, Baby, I'm having a blast that gets better when I give it again. Their hearts and souls with their rock and roll tricks. Take the dates to church, burn the holy books. Who needs good grades when you got? Want to see how many
2: shot glasses I can fit in my mouth? I'm not doing this again. (coughs) Color me impressed.
0: And who could forget this classic gem?
3: America. Yes, Captain.
4: My god. Captain's log continued. We made first contact with the Soviets. The harsh Martian atmosphere has shrunk them to the size of lawn gnomes.
2: Uh, They are lawn gnomes, sir. Here, look. Sparky! You've killed him! No, no, look, Captain. It's completely hollow.
4: Then it is true. The communists really are soulless and gutless to boot. I suppose you think brainless, too, sir. Leave the jokes to smen, Sparky. Eight plus eight is eight! Never change, Smens. Never change. They broke the mold when they cast you in that factory. We
5: now return to Lakeside Park, and the Fond du Lac Hummingbirds are just shy of their first victory over the Milwaukee Cards. The Hummingbirds lead three to zip. Star pitcher Leroy no Toes Monroe retakes the mound, hoping to put the finishing touches on what has been a perfect game in this, the bottom of the ninth. If he can get past this next few batters, this will be one legendary opening day at Lakeside Park. All right, the signal's been given. Monroe nods. By the determined look on his face, it seems almost inevitable that the hummingbirds will soon be drinking the sweet nectar of victory. The ball goes out fast, wide left. But what's this? Leroy's arms come flying off his body. The center fielder's got the arm now. He tosses it into the stands. Leroy's signaling to the dugout. The coach seems confused. Leroy is now removing two large flags from his back pocket and has begun to signal in semaphore. E, wait, no, I, I, N, injured. Looks like he's injured. No, no, the coach doesn't like that. He signaled to keep on pitching. Leroy says I, C, A, N. Looks like he's going to finish the game after all, T. Oh, no. The coach has thrown him another ball. It's hit Leroy in the face. My god, is that a bloody nose, or did someone spill a can of paint? Leroy's sticky palm Monroe has begun grasping at his chest, an unusual maneuver for a pitch. He's fallen to one knee. Perhaps there's a lucky gal in the stance. Nope, there's the other knee down, and he's flat out. The coach has come out to the mound. He's checking his pulse. The signal's been given to the catcher, and out come the clown paramedic. <laughs>
2: And step, and step, and shake maraca, and step, and step, and puddle, and step, and step, and I'm at work. Johnson! You are late! Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Let this be a warning to you. We can't have you coming in late for the first time
6: in 20 years. What's next? Another late day in 10 years?
2: It won't happen again, sir. See that it does it then. The mail never stops. I'm sorry, sir, but it's just the rain slowed me down some. Too bad, Johnson. It's covered in the cream. What's next? Are you going to be slowed by the gloom of night? Never, sir, never. All right, then get to work. George Wilberforth. Oh,
3: merciful heaven, yes, I'm George. Your mail has been
1: posted.
3: Finally, respite from this hellish and unjust imprisonment. See you later, fellas. Bye George. Bye, George. Hey. Hey, bye, George. My darling foreign wife must have heard what happened and came down as soon as she could to save her beloved. Butterman, what are you doing here? You're not my wife, nor would I ask you to be my wife.
1: I'm, I'm sorry, but unfortunately your wife didn't pay your bail. I did, out of loyalty. Working for you all these years, sir. It's been an honour... Shut your butthole, butterman, and tell me what the blazes happened to my... Estonian... my...
3: what happened to my
1: wife? Uh, Well, that, yes. I'm so sorry, sir, but news travelled quickly that George Wilberforth III was a pie thief, and more damning, associated with hot dog vendors. When your wife found out, she promptly filed for divorce, moved to the Swiss Alps, and married an even richer banker out of shame. Also, she put up your children for adoption. Unrelated, she said she really wanted a fresh start.
3: This—this this can't be real. Why would my beloved ma,
1: it, ma- it's, Martin? It, it's ma- It's Martha, sir. And and moreover, well. I'm not sure how to tell you this either, but when the board found out about the divorce and your crimes against pies, they voted unanimously to kick you out as president of the company. On top of all of this, sir, the publisher called, and they're no longer interested in printing an autobiography about a broke loser, unless you change it to a fiction or put a spaceman in there. I, I was thinking of new titles like Captain Wilberforce and the Third Dimension or... That's a terrible title,
3: Butterman! It should be called The Grand Adventures of Captain Wilberforth in Space. Right again, sir. Oh, it doesn't matter, Butterman. My life is totally undone. I lost my family, my money, my mental nerve. Damn that Agnes and her memory-based curses. I truly am an empty shell of the man I
1: used to be. Why, sir, that's not true. By golly, if we put our heads together, I believe... uh, Together we can find some way to get you out of this hellhole... I'm here to help you until the end. Out of my way, Butterman. Can't you see I'm
3: trying to abandon all hope here on my own? You're fired! Now, where was I? No. No, 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 no.
0: Oop! We got another good one coming.
1: Hey, Barkeep, want to see how many shot glasses I can fit in my mouth? I'm not doing
2: this again. Oh, please call me impressed. I'd rather use a toilet phone. Hello, Bossman. Hello? I told you to call me Bob. Uh, so- sorry, sir. I found what's so unusual about Maui, Wowi, Laui, Kapawi. Sure. But, sir, I, I found a secret society of volcano worshippers. I watched them push a man into a giant paper mache volcano while chanting and wearing long red robes. Whatever! I don't care if you found the lost city of El Dorado, Dumbo. It's not your assignment. But, sir, there's this new girl, Sandy. And she might be in danger. Tim, we all know
3: about the past. You've got to forget about all that. Move on! What's done is done.
2: And you can't fix it now. Sorry, sir. I need to see this one through.
4: Hero, Captain, Lieutenant,
2: Space. There's one issue, sir. Uh, What's that? The crude reserve, sir. There's almost nothing left.
1: Well, there is some.
2: How do you mean, Grozny? There is a great
1: deal of crude on this ship. Just not in the reserve tank.
2: (gasps) You don't mean... Not smens, Grozny. I'm afraid without it. He's right, Captain. It's the only way. There's
4: no other way? This this is a life we're talking about.
2: No, sir. I fear not. We can't stay here. There must be sacrifices in the line of duty, sir.
4: Can such sacrifice be justified?
1: It's for the good of the mission, sir. The
4: good of the mission. For, for the, the good, good of the mission. mission. Smens, report. <laughs> Six plus five is 11. I'm going to need you to make the ultimate sacrifice if we're going to survive, Smens. 36! i going to need you to dump your crude. Dump my crude! Every last drop, good buddy. Every last drop.
2: It's what must be done.
3: Dumping crude! Powering down! Some data may be lost!
4: Here, friend. One last promotion. Your lieutenant's men's now. Sir? Show some respect for your fallen comrade, Sparky! That's the finest calculator machine the good people of West Virginia could weld together!
1: I don't have time for this. I have a quinceañera to catch, and a train to attend. Pardon. Excuse me. Sorry. get, get, get your feet out of the aisle, you clod! Aha! Ah, B-12. The once seat of an orphan. Oh, but hello? A compatriot? What's all this monkey business about?
6: Oh, hello there, chap. No business at all. These charts are just an outline for my thesis comparing the tastiness of fleas on the backs of various great apes. Professor Gibbon Fitzsimmons, Esquire and Primatologist, Pleasure to make
1: your acquaintance, Mr... Hercules Montagu. The Castrato singer And world-famous detective also. Why, yes, I've heard of, of both you and of you. Please, sit down. No, thank you. I prefer to stand.
7: Pardon me. I don't mean to eavesdrop, but being blind, overhearing, is kind of my thing. Did you say you're Hercules Montague, the famous castrato singer?
1: Uh, yes, but remember, the fact that I'm a detective is far more important to the plot, no matter how little it's mentioned by anyone other than myself.
7: I thought I recognized your voice. After I lost my eyesight in the French countryside in a bake-off with the devil, it was the sweet sound of your higher-than-falsetto that kept me company in the darkness of my waking days.
1: I totally understand you. I actually go completely blind myself, when whenever I close my eyes.
7: It's a travesty! Many a moon I wish I had eyesight. Perhaps then I would finally know what it feels like to be insecure about my looks, those given and received. But alas, I am riddled with confidence. You know, Mr. Montague, you're a real hero in my household. It's actually solely because of you that, as a family, we have made the collective decision to remove our firstborn son's capacity to acquire a low vocal register in adulthood.
1: Oh, I don't know what to say.
7: I do, I do love train rides. The setting is very clear to me, thanks to all this carefully made foley. Not like a quiet park where you don't have any indication of a place at all. Like a puttering engine, roaring wheels, or the ambient warble of fellow passengers.
6: People, people, not to interrupt, but I will. Does anybody see the attendant? It's almost been a full half of the hour, and my ticket is
1: begging to be stamped. No, no attendant. But who's that peculiar fellow? Not dressed in vague, unassuming colors like the rest of the passengers who are implied, but who will never hear speak.
6: Pardon? Being rather a short ape-man, I can't see over the seat in front of me.
1: The man with the pit helmet and hunting rifle leaning ever so casually by the cooler at the end of the car.
6: Oh, him, yes. That's Safari Sam. Quiet, contemplative chap. To be honest, I can't quite tell what his game is.
1: Bison, likely. Elk? Nothing for you to worry
6: about. Oh, I don't know. When we spoke earlier, he made a big fuss about me being a monkey man. Said it was a ludicrous proposition.
1: Being a professor is nothing to be ashamed of. Say, Gibbon, what's a man like Safari Sam going to Constantinople for? Constantinople? I'm pretty sure that's what I said. I hear you loud and clear, sir. But we aren't headed to Constantinople. What? But the Kinsenera. I can't miss another one, Gibbon. Where are we headed and where for? Istanbul. I have no idea where that is.
6: The lads, they're out. Now, how in the world do you know that?
0: <laughs> they're still out there. What does that sign even say? Mm. Whatever. I do not smell that way. Enjoy.
7: Well, then I'm afraid I'll need the call put through. Thank you.
8: Anyone to anything, no matter how useless or overqualified, Arthur Moore speaking. Oh, Mr. Moore. Oh, okay. Um, We're located at 700 West Virginia Street, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I've been with the company about... No,
7: I was just saying your name.
8: Uh, Oh, are you the girl from the memory service?
7: No, this is Betty Lamp. I called about looking for a job.
8: Betty? Lamp? Called? Uh, I have something here about a f- former Mrs. Deceased? Is that you?
7: No, that's my husband.
8: Oh, that's pretty out there for me.
7: No, my husband is deceased. I'm Elizabeth Lamp. I called about finding a substitute position.
8: Oh, yes, now I know. Well, the hummingbirds are looking for a pinch hitter. Does that interest you? I was
7: thinking more like teaching.
8: Oh. Well, in that case, uh, do you know anything about the new math?
7: There's new math.
8: I guess so.
7: Um, gosh, I think maybe I've been out of it for longer than I thought.
8: You do sound haggard and spinstery. Uh, can you at least spell commutative? Do you mean cumulative? Do I? No, no, I don't. Well, then, no, I can't.
6: Well, then maybe teaching isn't for
8: you. Should I give your resume to the baseball team?
7: No, sir, it's fine.
8: All right, then. I'm all out of options. And I guess so are you. Have fun losing everything. I
7: never told you about that.
8: Oh, yeah, I just assumed. A lot of women who end up calling in here after a sudden horrible death of a loved one really need the money. If I were you, I'd definitely completely lose hope.
7: Surely there's something we can do.
8: Well, yes, we can wait. But going off your tone, I don't think you have much time for waiting. Miss Lamp, I really don't know your situation exactly, but I've been in the temp game for a long time. If we haven't found you something by now, it just means we're not going to find you something. As hard as that is to take in... Well,
7: thank you anyway, sir.
8: I'm sorry, ma'am. You know, I was homeless once. If you can wrangle a pigeon, you'll be okay. All right, bye.
7: Well, no, don't hang up, please. I really need something. At this point, I'll take anything, really.
8: Ma'am, please, you're being incredibly shrewish right now. I'll give you this one piece of advice, okay? And then I'm hanging up. I have a lot of people who are willing to accept terrible jobs to get to. Avoid debt collectors. Debt collectors? Yeah, there have been a lot of sightings of men going around collecting debts recently.
7: Well, surely not here.
8: Oh, yes. See, it, it just used to be a problem of the inner city, but they're spreading out to the suburbs. They seem to like nice fellas in need of someone to help the, open the trunk of the Volkswagen, and then bam, they get you.
7: Oh, well, what should I do?
8: Well, if I were you, ma'am, and thankfully I'm not, I would become incredibly paranoid. Really, just terrified of the whole world. You never know what a kindly man doing charity work, or a friendly law student, or a home security professional, or down on his luck hitchhiker, or- Yes,
7: I understand. Anyone could be a debt collector.
8: No, no, you're not getting it. Everyone is a debt collector.
7: He gets!
3: Being excessively gabby at social events and whatnot. Also, she did burn down a church for a satanic ritual.
1: How tragically unavoidable. I guess, in any case, Tommy, if you're not going to Augusta, you're on the wrong bus. There's only one other stop on this line, but no one ever gets off at it.
3: Innsmouth, yes. I know, but I intend to anyway.
1: Wow. Hold up there, Smotherford. I might have a screw or two loose in this skull of mine, but I knows not to stay in that town for too long. There's a dark woo joo about it and its townspeople. No, I'm sorry. Did, did you say nose or nose? Funny, you should ask. I said nose, but I meant nose. Uh, you see, I like to believe that the English language is constantly evolving and changing.
3: Oh, yeah. I love drinking milk, yeah?
1: Mm <clears throat>
3: Yeah, homonyms can be fun, I know, but...
0: Hey, wanna
3: well, see how many shot glasses I can fit in my mouth? I'm not doing this again. Bringing it
4: all back round to the money. Well, that's <laughs> what this is all about, isn't it? That's what we have to do all this saving. That's why we got this piggy bank, and that's why I've been applying for all these new jobs.
9: Well, George...
4: Marge, what is it now?
9: About that job... There was a call while you were out.
4: I'll take it from your tone. I didn't get it.
9: Well, no, darling, you didn't. I'm sorry.
4: Don't be sorry. I didn't really have a chance, did I?
9: I'm sure you did. Maybe you still do. I bet a new, better position will open up real soon.
4: Marjorie, that's the fourth rejection this week.
9: Lots of people get rejections, George. It's not your fault. There's going to be an opening sometime. Why, two of those letters said you were fit, and that... They
4: were not seeking applicants at this time. I read them, Marge. I read them. That's business speak for scram, beat it, forget about it, so long, loser. Get a haircut, you lousy bum. Hit the road, Robert Moses. Get up...
9: I get it, George, but there's still hope. Like what? Well, that old man in the lighthouse is sure to die sometime soon. And I'm sure they'll send a man into space once they run out of monkeys.
4: They'll just send dogs, Marge. I gotta bring home the bacon, feel like a real man, not some lousy workshop automaton who feeds on oil bacon. They don't even make that. Would, would you need a robot pig? Sure, bacon's greasy, but oil bacon? That's ridiculous. And another thing...
9: George, you're just ranting about nothing at this point. You're going crazy.
4: Oh, now I'm crazy, eh? Well, why don't you give me some credit? Try paying for groceries with real estate board game money and IOUs and let me see who the world thinks is crazy.
9: Well, fine. Maybe I will. I've got to go to the shop anyway. You just sit here and spiral into madness and hopefully by the time I get back, it doesn't end in grand climax followed by a
4: denouement. You know I didn't go to college. Denouement? More like... Dame... Now... Get... Get out of the
2: house!
9: My mind is already in the ham aisle. By the way, we're having ham tonight.
4: Well, look at Little Miss Bigger Picture off to go do whatever. That just leaves you and me, Porky. You and your uppity driving goggles looking down on me a penniless nothing. I bet you've never had trouble finding a job, eh, Piggy? The world always needs banks. But sewer plumber carpenter general contractors, well, that's all dried up now. Well, I may not have any of that fancy book learning, but I'm getting to the bottom of this. I said
2: I was, and I meant it.
0: Okay, boys, just fueling up the toaster and you're good to go.
2: Add a couple of swords onto our bill, and then grab us some.
0: Darkly, darkly, here you go, two schmords.
2: Have at you! Bring it on! Let it be decided! So it is! Check, please! Are they always like this? They're
0: the yes. Angry, no. Sherry's sure a lot of backflips.
1: I feel there is no need for the
0: cars. They're making good use of the climbing wall.
1: Oh, and there it is. A perfect flying ninja. I've seen one before.
0: Oh my god, do you see that? What? Sparky has a gun. The captain's been hit. Ah, oh, indeed. Oh, thank god for that pocket constitution. Once they make their way through the fairgrounds, they'll be back here. What a sequence! I've never seen such action.
4: Damn you, Sparky. You put up a good fight. I'm motivated by justice. Going off your
2: heart, it's just ice. Personally, I'm motivated by this fist. here. Missed me. And now I've got the higher ground. And this gun. And both sorts. Say goodbye, Captain. The whole universe is about to get a lot brighter.
4: Tire plus head equals smush!
0: Smens. But how? Your toaster is full.
4: Of courage.
0: (laughs) And how could we forget? our celebrity guests from over the years.
5: Oh, hello. Did I hear you boys talking about a mole king of some kind? Yes, and by your grace, we are
0: saved. That ain't the mole king, boy. Uh, No, I'm no king at all. Hi, I'm candidate for Georgia's 14th senatorial district, Jimmy Carter. See, I was tending to my peanut farm, and well, I must have pulled up the biggest peanut I ever saw. The hole was so big, I wanted to fill it in from the bottom. And now I'm here. Thank you, Mr. Carter. There's no need to thank a farmer for doing honest work. It's what living off the land is all about. Say, aren't you the Kenyan ambassador's son? No, I'm the foreman of... He means me, and yes, I am. Well then, I wanted to thank you and your family for the fine service they have done this country. The same kind of service I intend to provide for the state of Georgia. I sure hope that once we're out of this here mine, I can count on your votes come
1: November. Of Of course, course, Jimmy!
7: Oh, Mark, we've done it!
2: (laughs) Oh,
1: Rat King, your face is getting in the way of your mouth. Here, let me just tug it. Ah! Oh, your face! Your face! Your filthy rat face is coming off in my hands in one rubbery flap. Oh, it's horrible! It's a
2: mask, Mark. Oh? You're not a rat king, you're Charles Ponzi! Charles Charles Ponzi? Ponzi. Yes, it's me, Charles Ponzi! You all thought you were rid of me, but you will never be rid of me! Greed! That's me! Greed is immortal! Greed is inevitable! Greed claims us all in the end! You'll never be free of it! Never! (sighs) He
7: vanished in a big puff of smoke! Oh no, there he goes, he's fleeing down another tunnel!
2: Dang it, Millen, I thought you said there'd be no cops. Well, Buck, I-, I didn't know. I- I'm sorry, Buck. I-, I thought we were safe out this way. Cram it in your reading hole, Crane. Now, enter the home with your hands up. There's all those around your head in a cinematic gun melee, the likes of which the radio has never heard before. Fat chance. Come on, Milton. Let's make a go of it. I've got a hidey hole in Argentina. You'll never take us alive, coppers. Well,
4: Whoa! Hit the deck, everybody!
6: We're going to ground, everybody! Come on! Whoa! There's bullets of all over the place! Turn yeah, it around! That's not what they're going to be!
4: <laughs> all right, boys. Pull whatever is left in cuffs
3: and throw it in the paddy wagon. It's up for the courts to decide the legal fate now. Wow, my ears are ringing.
0: Well, there you have it. Another episode in the tank. And me, rich beyond belief. Yes, yes, yes. But what will we do next week, should the writers not return? How about this? A story about a little boy... Who's playing stickball when all of a sudden an errant striker kicks him into the road and he's hit by a car. And then the whole world unites behind a a much maligned uh, radio personality with a long career both behind and in front of the microphone. And then 80 riders die mysteriously in a fire. I think I like that quite a bit. I hate to interrupt the broadcast, but I've just received word that the writers have broken through the second barricade and have made it into the inner sanctum. This may be my very last broadcast, and I would like to prove it as a matter of record, as it exists nowhere in my official documents, that my son will get nothing, my wife will get nothing, my money is to be burned in a public square, along with my new fancy sports car, and my house if you can get it there. Dear listeners, this may be my last broadcast, but you're not done with me. Never. Good night and pleasant night.